The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, today marks the 48th anniversary of the Miami Showband Massacre. The showband scene in Northern Ireland really came to an end at that point when three members of one of Ireland's most loved bands were murdered by UVF paramilitaries and by members of the UDR. We're joined by uh, Des McAlee, but also known as Des Lee in uh, showband circles, who is a member of the Miami Showband Massacre, survivor of the attack. Des, thank you very much for joining us. No problem. Thank you, Pat. Now, you were involved in another minor battle, but you've had victory in that battle, and that is uh, the Bridge in Bray. Right, the bridge in Bray has been a sore point, unfortunately, Pat, for quite a few years. Now, the problem with the bridge was, first of all, I'd like to thank the Bray Town Council for allowing the bridge to be renamed Fran O'Toole Bridge. And uh, what happened then was the, uh, the, 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 you can see the inscription on the bridge which says Fran O'Toole Bridge. Now, recently, the inscription has become very, very bad. And so you wouldn't know you were crossing you the know. Fran O'Toole Bridge. Yeah, yeah. Now, so, Fran was the lead singer with the, the Miami. Yeah. People who've long memories would remember Dickie Rock was the lead yeah. singer with the Miami. Yeah, then he yeah. went on to do his own thing. Fran O'Toole was the lead singer at the time of That's the massacre correct. and lost yeah. his life. Correct. Viciously, it has yeah, to be said. Yeah, absolutely. Now, basically what happened was when they renamed the bridge Fran O'Toole Bridge, obviously I was delighted. Um, but what happened was... I said to the people in Bray, all the politicians, etc., what's the point in having a bridge called Fran O'Toole Bridge? If you're a tourist from anywhere in the world and you see this bridge, Fran O'Toole Bridge, what's the first question you're going to ask? Who's Fran O'Toole? O'Toole? So I've asked them to please, can we not put a plaque up there explaining who Fran O'Toole is? Now, I've been dealing with um, people in Bray and they have been absolutely fantastic. And they've agreed now, they've done the read on the inscription, and they promised to do that before the 31st for the anniversary. So that's done. And also they are, um, at the moment, they have asked us, in consultation with the families and everybody else, to put together an idea of wording for a plaque. Now, uh, the uh, the person who has been incredibly helpful is the uh, Bray Town manager, Lorraine Gallagher. And Lorraine, she's the one that agreed to the lettering being redone. And also we, uh, we had an independent politician called Joe Behan. Now, Joe has been talking to me quite a lot about the bridge and everything else. And he's been working extremely hard. He got together with Lorraine and they've agreed to get the inscription done. That's done. done. But I want to see a plaque. A plaque, which gives the kind of information that people... There's also something else that can be done, which is uh, putting a QR code up uh, somewhere on the bridge yes. that allows people to use their mobile phones. Right. They pointed at the QR code and that would give them a link fantastic. to maybe the whole history. Yes, That's correct. something that could be done quite easily. Oh, yes, that'd be fantastic. All I want is for them to either to do something like that or to put up a plaque. Now, in Bray, in the house that Fran used to live in, there is a blue plaque. Now, the other problem we have is the monument in Parnell Square. Nobody sees the monument in Parnell Square. I don't, don't, know, don't know why 
they wanted to put the monument in Parnell Square. And also, it's barely visible. If you go downtown uh, to Grafton Street, you'll see Phil Linnett's monument. Yeah. If you go to uh, to Donegal, you'll see Rory Galler's monument. And these are what I call proper monuments. We've got a slab in, uh, in, in Parnell Square. Now, I want to see a proper monument done for the Miami, and I want to see it move from Parnell Square to somewhere else in Dublin. I'm working on that as well. And the other one I'm working on is in Newry with the politicians in Northern Ireland to get uh, uh, a monument put up in Newry because... Uh, You've got to put it in a safe place because if it were put at the site of the ambush, which is in the middle of nowhere, be a it would be vandalised. Oh, it would be vandalised, yeah. yeah. It would be vandalised. But look, as I say, we are getting somewhere, Pat. Now, I'd like to thank all the people who have been involved, people you probably know, Margaret Irwin, uh, Peter Carroll, David O'Toole, Dennis O'Brien, Brendan Thornhill, Stephen Matthews and John Ryan. These are all the people that have been working so hard with me on the actual uh, monument. Now, going back oh, sorry, to the, the yeah. massacre itself, yeah. I mean, 48 years ago, it's a lifetime yeah. ago. Yeah. And you were one of just a couple of people lucky to survive. Yeah. Is the memory of that night still vivid for you? Oh, Pat, it's with me every day. I have got photographs of Fran and the guys in my bedroom and in my lounge. So it's with me 24 hours a day. I will I mean, never it, forget it. It was an ambush that was intended. The bomb was to be planted in the van of the Miami band. They would yeah. then go south. The bomb was yeah. timed to explode when the band would be already returning home. Right. It would explode and yep. then the band would be indicted posthumously yep. with the crime of being couriers of bomb materials for the IRA. Uh, right. That's well, it in, in yeah. a nutshell. Well, as you probably know at the time, the IRA was on a ceasefire. And at the time, one belief was that the British wanted to provoke the IRA to end the ceasefire so that the British could defeat them. The Miami massacre may have been planned to provoke a response from the IRA. So the mystery still kind of remains. Now, yep. you, you've also been reading some material which suggests that Robert Nyrak, who disappeared yes. um, and who was an undercover agent for the British and who masqueraded yep. as a Republican, yep. you were saying he could sing nationalist songs better than oh, the... Apparently he knew the lyrics and he knew and he could sing it with feeling as well, all the songs he sang. It was unbelievable. Just heard about it on the train when I was coming down from Belfast this morning. They were talking about it. But I've seen documents which... Uh, uh, you see, all along the British have denied that Narek was involved. But my lawyer in Belfast, Michael Flanagan, has documents now which tell us that he was, it's in black and white, that Narek was involved in the Miami massacre. Now, I said it on the night of the massacre. I told, when I was asked for my, um, uh, what happened on the night, I told them it was a posh English accent. And they've always denied that Narek was there. And, um, you know, when, when we had the, uh, all the reports and everything that were done, the HET report, uh, which in the end said there was collusion, and uh, they always denied that Narek was there, and I know why. It would have been hugely embarrassing for the British government. Because if, he was a British agent, exactly, full stop. Exactly, exactly. 
and they wanted to put all the blame on the RUC and the UVF and the UDR. That's what their whole thing was. That it was a locally uh, hatched plot exactly. rather than a London hatch plot. Exactly. Um, will we ever get to the truth of this test, do you think? Well, I hope we do for the sake of uh, the families and everybody else concerned, Pat. I really do. Uh, I am currently writing my book with uh, a gentleman who you probably know very well, Ken Murray. Uh-huh. And Ken and I are writing my book, which is called My Saxophone Saved My Life, which it did. I wouldn't be sitting talking to you today if it wasn't for my saxophone. Now, people say, how come that is? Well, on the night of the massacre, you pointed out a while ago about the £10 bomb. When they said they were going to go to our van, I said, right, I would like to go to the van and take my saxophone out of the van. Now, I was standing next to where Narek was. In other words, there's five people standing in a line. There's the van and there's where the, the, uh, the, 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 the line ended. So instead of me going back to where I was in the line, I went, took my saxophone out of the van, put it on the road and stood beside the van. What happened was when they put the bomb in the van, it exploded and it blew me over the ditch into the field below. So if I hadn't have gone back to get my saxophone, I would have been at the beginning of the line and I would have been mowed down. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, the, after the bomb went off, I mean, they shot everybody that they could find. It was it was all hell broke loose. Yeah. The gunfire, the crying, the screaming. It was just, uh, it was unbelievable. And it, uh, I had to at one stage, I was lying down, face down in the grass. And I remember watching the GI war movies in Vietnam where they did exactly the same. Pretend you're dead, lie down in the grass. And that's exactly what I did. But because of the bomb uh, setting the van on fire, it set the ditch on fire. So the ditch was coming closer and closer to me. And I realized I have to get out of here. So I turned out and I called out Fran, Bran and Tony. I got no response. I called out Stephen's name. He was muttering. I told Stephen, I'm going for help. And I ran up and I didn't know if there's going to be guys up in the top of the road ready to shoot me down. And I ran up onto the main road. There was a lorry came along. I asked him for a lift into Newry Police Station. He refused to give it to me because he thought I, I might have been part of this whole atrocity. And what I saw on that main road, it was horrendous to say the least. But a young couple came along. They took me into Newry Police Station and I was able to get help. And Steve survived as well. And Stephen, Stephen got and nine spoke. inches taken off his bladder. But he survived. Yeah. Thank God. Well, look, Des, um, one small victory, as I say, in Bray, uh, and hopefully others will follow. And I look forward to talking to you when uh, the book is completed with yourself and Ken. Would love to, Pat. And thanks you for the opportunity of talking to you. Uh, Des McAlee, also known as Des Lee in the Miami Show Band. Des, thank you very much for joining us in studio. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.